Thank you for listening to Pow Block Podcast, the flagship Nintendo podcast of Boss Rush Network. Do you need even more gaming and entertainment in your life? Head over to BossRush.net where you can find news, reviews, creators, podcasts, and more focused around the content you enjoy. Hello everybody, welcome to Nintendo Power Block here on Boss Rush Network. I'm your host, the enlightened excited me. Joining me, making his return. Back to that good old chair. And you know we can do it in this old school style. The one, the only, boss man himself, Mr. Corey Derrick. Hello, Hello. Hi. Hi. We are back in the building old school style we keep every time me and Corey get together and we talk about nintendo we, we go old school because prepare for a three-hour show guys here we go <laughs> <sighs> uh because we when we get to talking about nintendo we just get in the zone and this flow um and everything uh our good two friends uh Dan and Jacob, uh, they taking the night off, so things came up that they had to handle. So uh, they are taking a great break, and we do have an announcement at the end of the show. So we'll be mentioning that a little bit later. But we have uh, an announcement. Before... Yes, we do have an announcement. What's the announcement? At the end of the show, you'll wait. Find out. No, I need to know this. You already know what the announcement is. Oh, is it? The, is it for the the giveaway thing? I thought we were doing that like in the middle. We are. The other announcement. We'll find out next. I guess I'll find out at the end of the show with you guys because I don't remember. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I know everybody's just like Eddie. (laughs) Also, Uh, Ed, where are where's the where's the I I can't I can't read the giveaway. Oh, it's fine. Just keep going. We'll figure it out. Well, we'll get we'll do the giveaway announcement soon. We're already because... back at it, guys. Woo! <laughs> uh, but I just want to ask you, Corey, how was your weekend? It was great. We went to the zoo. We had a good time. We uh oh, I I watched my nephew and we played Destiny together. It was really fun, and uh, he had a blast, and I had a blast, and. It, it was just a good weekend, Ed. It was a really good weekend. Played some triangle strategy, which I'll talk about, and playing with power, which was great. So, yes. How was your weekend, Ed? Um, my weekend was pretty good. I also did some triangle strategy, played some more Forsaken. Um, the Forsaken, goodness. Um, more voice of, voice of Cards, the Forsaken Maiden, which I'll talk a little bit more. Um, got a review done for Dying Light 2, so it's got, you guys is up and available. You guys could check it there. Uh, was rewatching uh, Boss Rush podcast that I was, I was on last week, uh, when I revealed a certain uh, fact about me. Um, and it was very hilarious. <laughs> Everybody uh, check out the Boss Rush podcast uh, because Ed revealed a very shocking <laughs> revelation to everybody on that show. Oh, it was so fun. Um, and uh, really picked up some games for Xbox. Um, Lost of Random was on sale 
on uh, Xbox, so I picked that up and got some other and got some other things um, with it. Uh, and then enjoying um, uh, for uh, Forbidden West for uh, Horizon. I actually said for Second West. Uh, we know. We just the, we know. We know you messed stuff up. It's fine. Uh, we we got it. We're forbidden good. forsaken. All of this. It's all the words. Yeah. F words. Um, am I right? <laughs> <laughs> wow. And uh, played the. We we'll probably talk a little bit more and play with power the Kirby demo. Man, that demo was really good. I didn't expect it, but I think I I like the success when demos do that. In a sense, when a good when you get to play a demo for a game that they're building up, that's anticipated, and you know they give you just that little good taste uh, of what you're getting, and I it's great that they gave you the first three, like the first world with the first three, it's two levels, and then a boss, and yeah, we'll, like I said, we'll talk about that with playing with power, um, but uh, Corey, yes, we have a uh. Some news about our Kirby and the Forgotten Land giveaway. Yes, should we I do. read it? We do. All right, elite block agents, strap in. All right, here we go. Welcome back, elite block agents. Your second mission, should you choose to accept it, will be to comment hashtag Kirby demo on the pinned tweet and the Boss Rush Network Twitter page. I think we were supposed to read the hashtag in the middle of the show, not at the beginning. <laughs> it's fine. It's, you know, it's, God, yes. it's okay. It's okay. Galatrad, you will just have to uh, yell at me later. It's fine. Uh, doing so will earn you another entry into the Kirby giveaway. Remember, you can still listen to the previous episode to get the secret code as well for more entries. The yes. giveaway will happen on the March 21st episode of Nintendo Pal Block. Uh, Ed, we have what one more show between then and now? We because have... technically we're on spring break next week, but <sighs> we might still do a show just because we need to get another entry. Um, okay. maybe we'll see. We'll that, talk about that. that, after that show. was the, but that, your that was, second that was hashtag <laughs> is Kirby demo. Everybody, yes. So we remember it, everyone. If you are watching this live, Shane, um, you can't you leave. This? Shane, I see you in the chat. You are not allowed to leave now that you know the hashtag. <laughs> no, uh, you guys will have to wait till Wednesday to get give us that hashtag, um, and hopefully we will see you guys that day. Yeah, um, you guys will answer in. So, so yeah, so uh, Corey. Yes. I got to ask you uh, this question. I don't like this question. We're, we're doing old school <laughs> Nintendo Power Block. Yes. And, you know, it's been, a, uh, it's been a while that we have done this. Yeah, it's been but that long. <laughs> can you? <laughs> well, yeah. But can you tell us, tell the people what time it is? When we're asking, when we're reading questions what's it's time for doing? the question block block yes question block guys Woo! love it, I love it. yes 
So, Corey, go ahead. Ask us what, what, what we got in our question block. All right. So we're going to ask Shane's question first since he's here in the chat. I know he's antsy to get out of here so he can go post his hashtag on the uh, on the Twitter. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to be busting on Shane all night. Just kidding. Shane. <laughs> I like I like Shane a lot. Yes. Uh, he asks, what will be the next video game series to announce a TV series? There's been a lot announced lately. So, Ed, you said you had a lot to say about this. Yes. Okay. So, for people who don't know, and this is kind of a Nintendo thing, uh, we got four TV ep- four TV shows coming, and uh, you know, Cuphead is on Netflix, and you know, people can go watch that. But we got the Halo Halo coming uh, to Paramount Plus. We got The Last of Us going to um, HBO. There seems to be a Twisted Metal TV show in production. Yep, at and Peacock. God of, at Peacock, okay. And God of War just got announced, and it is coming to Amazon Prime. So this really so I, just a not to like side tangent the show, even though this is exactly what the show is going to be tonight. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it shocks me that Sony is going so many different places when they have that Netflix contract. For the theatrical releases, why are they going to all these other places for their other stuff? Probably because um, it may be an easier deal uh, with it. Uh, they could they could be able to get those more shows out at whatever time. Pace, I guess, yeah, yeah. Because if they're doing it just from Netflix and everything. Um, I don't know how their Netflix contract is, but I mean, it's, it's, I know it's it's just for theatrical releases, right? So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Uncharted will debut on Netflix when it comes to streaming services, but it just it just kind of shocks me that that's what they're doing. So, I don't know. Anyways, continue. Sorry. Oh no, no, that's I I agree with you. Um, I I think. So, uh, I, I was I was thinking about this when Shane asked uh, asked this question. I was just like, "Man, Quantum Break on Xbox, there that live section that Remedy did was phenomenal. It was that pretty is, good. I'm like, I, I wanted, I, I really want to see a follow up TV show to that series because I think it's regardless of what people think of the game and that last boss that some people had, I would love to see this game get a follow-up. And if it's going to be during a TV show, I would love to see it. Mixing action and sci-fi and time, I would love to see how they would conclude this uh, show or this game with a TV series. Because hmm. I think it, I think it would literally work well um, with it. Now, from a Nintendo perspective, <clears throat> I think ours would make a nice cartoony, or Punch Out would make a nice anime um, style because Nintendo have great anime uh, cutscenes or cartoon styles and stuff. But I could actually see Fire Emblem getting a ten episode um, series, and definitely Star Fox. Because when yeah, they right. start... no, look, Fire Emblem would need like thirty episodes a season because all of their fights would be like, it would, they would take like four episodes the way that like a Dragon Ball episode does, <laughs> where like their their whole fight sequence would be like four episodes. 
because uh, I think they're, the stories are there for Fire Emblem. I think they got great stories, or they could go and create new stories. And I, I think definitely it would be a Japanese production. I don't think it. I don't think it would be an American production because it, it, it just wouldn't work for it. Um, I don't know. I, I could see. I could see the Castlevania team doing a Fire Emblem kind of anime style. Yeah. Uh, the people who did uh, that Star Fox anime uh, for Star Fox Adventure, uh, I would love to see them continue on. And I cannot think of who did it. It is a popular anime studio, but I would love to see Star Fox get so uh, get an anime too. Yeah, but that's just based off the that Wii U. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but it was game. so good. It was so well done, though. It really it was. was. I don't disagree with you, but I, that's the only reason why you bring up Star Fox is because that uh, <laughs> yeah. that anime that like teaser thing they did for the Star Fox Zero was so good. <laughs> yeah, uh, Star Fox I, Zero. I, by the way, but, sitting here on my desk. But I think the I think what they should do i think it's time for a new horror game or, a, or some kind of horror game being put into a tv series and now and not and i don't resident silent Hills, evil the resident evil silent hill no i think i think there there has to be a series that you know that would interest people in looking like i could see deception uh, for Tecmo being one, you know, it, it's just being like straight some, some, some final not, destination type thing. Kind of, kind of, yeah, and, and, and do it in a way that is telling like different. Uh, is it anthology stories or something like that? Yeah, I could see, I could see Deception from Tecmo being uh being a TV series. So, yeah, sorry everybody if I bought like 10, 12 series. You did, <laughs> but it's too many. Uh, man, I don't know. I I think Zelda is like the the, the cop out answer, right? Because mm-hmm. we have so like, Nintendo. I mean, our network is based so heavy on Nintendo, but a lot of people are Zelda fans. I mean, like half the people that we work with also work with like Zelda Dungeon and another Zelda podcast and stuff. Yeah. So like, Zelda is like the quote unquote easy answer, but like. I have a twist on the Zelda format, which I, I think we talked about on the on Power Block like a long time ago. Uh, where, what if you focused? It's it would be like a Game of Thrones light style show, I guess you would say. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it wouldn't be as violent because it's Nintendo and Zelda, but like that kind of like Lord of the Rings fantasy style. But you focus on Zelda and Ganon's takeover of Hyrule, right? throughout the yes. show and you focus on Zelda as the main character and Link isn't even in the show until like the last episode. Right. And you just yeah. watch uh, Ganondorf's rise to power from, uh, you know, thief to overthrowing a kingdom. And uh, with breath of the wild, I mean, that could change everything, right? Like you could do stuff with the champions yes. and all that kind of thing. But I mean, Link doesn't even show up until like the last episode. Right. And then there's like an epic showdown between him and Ganon. He doesn't talk. You could keep Link silent. Like this is how you keep Link silent, and you create an interesting story around Zelda and Ganondorf and the King, and maybe the champions, right? Or like the you know what I mean? Like it, it just. I think it's. I think that would be a cool way to do it. The the Triforce will come into play. 
Yeah. Because, you know, that is... I, I, so, can I add on with that, no. Corey? Because <laughs> I, I wonder which will... Because there's going to be flashbacks in this. Cause, and, I, and I think the flashback is going to be when uh, Zelda thinks of her mother, the queen. I mean, you could do, you could, like, the way that flashbacks work, I mean, they could do it a little bit better than The Witcher did, but obviously, right, you look at The Witcher, and that was a dual timeline-style show, mm-hmm. right? That first season, at least. And uh, you could do that where, like, uh, like Zelda's mother's dead, but you could do flashbacks, like you said, with Zelda and her mother, and maybe Link is just, like, a knight in the army or whatever, right? You see him a couple times, but, like, like they kind of tease that it's Link, but you don't really know if it's him or not style yeah. way, the way they do in like Hyrule Warriors, you know? And uh, yeah, I think that that would be like a really cool idea. Because I, I feel like even though the gays focus on Link and his adventure, I, I, and it may be just me, I still don't know a lot about Zelda, the different yeah. versions of her. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I can see that happening. Yeah, I would, I would really want something like uh Breath of the Wild style Zelda. I don't. I don't want like uh, Ocarina. I think, like, I love Skyward Sword Zelda. I think she's charming and cute and just yeah. you know, really endearing. But I think if you're gonna make a show revolving around Zelda and just uh, her personality and her being a strong leader and like really taking over, right? You have to go yeah. with the Breath of the Wild style Zelda. She has more emotions, more character depth. And depth. Yeah, to me. that's the thing. Is she has more depth, and there's actual character growth there. Right? Yes. With like, uh, you know, her struggling to kind of find her way in the role that she's supposed to play, right? And I think there's a lot you can do with that character by herself. Yes. The the man the camera shots of her because her being in white has to play a part you know her white and gold to like her to represent like the light arrows and stuff like that man the camera shot is probably going to be and people would gift it like it ain't no tomorrow and make probably make joke jokes and stuff but i think like the cinematography and the camera angles will just be amazing I, i i i don't know who would be able to direct it or anything but i would i will sign up for any whoever gets that i will literally sign up to watch it yeah uh so i mean that would be that would be my ideal show um i think you could probably do like a over-the-top speed racer style show on Mm -hmm. f-zero i think that would be really fun oh yes uh so I, i i don't really know where you go from there obviously we're getting a mario movie so i don't know if you would want to explore a tv show either but i mean the Mario movie, I think, is what it is, and I know the Donkey Kong movie is supposedly in development. Mm. So Did I think you, you think... just gotta like, sorry. Oh, the movie, uh, the movie, The Wizard. Did you think we could turn that into like a retro style, like '90s, and do like the Space World Championship or the World Series Championship that Nintendo have, or something like that? I mean, you could, but I don't, I don't know. I mean, theoretically, you could, but also. They kind of already tried to do something with that with like Ready Player One, and that movie was bad. Uh, oh, so uh, at least the parts of the movie that I watched because I didn't watch the whole thing because it was so bad <laughs> to me. 
God. Okay. Okay. Everybody was like, oh, you need to watch Ready Player One. That's totally your type of movie. I was like, why? Because I play video games and there's a lot of gaming references. Yeah. I'm like, dude, this movie's terrible. This movie is like everything I hate about when movies try to shove games into movies. This is, this is mm-hmm. like, it's a whole movie based on that. No. <laughs> exactly. Although but I am excited I, to see Uncharted. Like I like speaking of video game movies, I really I really want to see Uncharted. I've heard a lot of like same. not terrible things about it. So it just did it hit like three hundred million. I know. And I'm excited. I I I really wanted to like I haven't I, I really want to watch the new Tomb Raider movie or the newish one. I haven't mm-hmm. watched it yet, which is surprising because I really wanted to see it. We were championing that movie when it got announced, and I never saw it. So yeah, I maybe would I'm go part see of the it. problem. Of course, there's supposedly a sequel in the works for that movie. Yes, so. I, I, I say it's a really good popcorn um, movie, and it really takes a lot from the modern games. Um, it was it's really good. It's just something that even if you feel like you don't want to watch it or just want to play it on the background, it, it's it's really entertaining. I really enjoyed it. I came away really impressed. I'm like, yeah, I will watch part two when it comes out. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm not like looking for like an Oscar nominated movie. I'm looking for a fun action and like really just something stupid to watch, you know? And it's, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I'm also the guy who really likes the last Indiana Jones movie, so I don't. I, I'm not exactly the movie guy here, I guess. Okay, I, I would admit I haven't watched the last movie yet. Oh, uh, it's so fun until like the last f- like five minutes, and it becomes like a CGF fest. But it's up to that point. It's like it's fun. It's fine. It's fun. Yes, uh, I would love to see Professor Layden uh, come over to America. I would love to see more of those as a TV show. Um and Phoenix Wright, I know there's a Phoenix Wright movie in Japan, but I'm like, I, I would love to see that in America as a TV show. So. All right, we have another question here. All right, all right. Brad Melville writes in on Twitter and asks. He he tags me in it. He says, "If one Fire Emblem got got a remake on Switch, a la Shadows of Valencia, which would you want?" I want a Sacred Stones remake so bad. Sacred Stones is a good one. I'll, uh, you know, I'll give him that. But I want, I really kind of want uh, Dawn of, of uh, Radiance and Radiant Dawn to be remade mm-hmm. in kind of like one package. Uh, just because, like, the uh, the, uh, the GameCube one, I always get the two mixed up, but the GameCube one is, like, really fun. It's it's challenging, but it's really fun. I like the characters. It's it's a great game. And then uh, the Wii one is kind of like a pseudo-sequel to it. I, I think it might actually be a direct sequel. I don't know. It's been so long since I played them. But I know they go together in some capacity, and if they could do, like, a Advance Wars 1 plus 2 reboot camp style package... Right? I think that would yes. be really great. So, that's my pick. Um, For me, uh, I kind of would like uh, the Fire Emblem that was on the DS. Um, I'm trying to find out which one that was. Um, because I remember... Was it DS? Yeah, I, it should be DS. What, it's Shadow Dragon? The, I think so. Shadow Dragon was already a remake of the first game, I think. 
It was. It came in a gold box. Yeah. Was that the DS one? Because um, there wasn't one for Game Boy Advance, I don't think. Or was there? Because that that was the reason why I say that one is because that was my first thing into Fire Emblem. Um, and I remember getting to like the second part, uh, the second chapter of the game, um, and dying because I didn't know how to play. Uh, Fire Emblem at that time was still in Japan, so if we got any that came to America, um, a lot of people just didn't know about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so um, look, just. I I'm we we need to restart the pets initiative, okay? Port everything to Switch. Okay? Come on. Just do it. Port it all. Give it to me. Oh yes. yes. Give me all the games on Nintendo you Switch. Know... <laughs> Thank you. Oh wow. <laughs> you didn't like my song? Ed? <laughs> <laughs> I do love your song. Ugh. It was it was it was hot. It was a, bla- a blazing track. Yeah, you're such a bad liar. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, I, I agree with you, Corey. Bring on because I think now, like if they could, once again, I, and I'm, I'm uh, if they put Game Boy Advance and Game Boy games and all that stuff for Nintendo Switch Online. I think Fire Emblem is going to get released on there, whatever they could bring, and because I will play it, I will play it with the quickness. I mean, that's, they can. that's that's fine. Like, I just so Brad, just to answer your question with like a with like a, I guess like a a, a, a truthful fact here. I played I played the GameCube and the Wii versions of Fire Emblem. But my love for Fire Emblem didn't even didn't really start until Awakening, like Same. the modern formula of Fire Emblem. I really like that, and I actually think going back to like the old games without adding the uh, nuances and the gameplay mechanics of the newer games is would actually almost hurt it, right? Because they tried that with Fates. Remember, Birthright was like the new style Fire Emblem, and Conquest was just straight up old school fire emblem right yeah and it was hard it was un how do you want how do i want to say it it was it was just unapologetically difficult and so i think if you're going to port these games over to switch you have to do some sort of balancing and not just balancing but just rework of of the how the games work you know and 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 because those mechanics are in those games, so right and I, yeah, Awakening just got it perfect. Yeah, Awakening. Um, I think. I mean, Birthright was. I think Birthright's better than Awakening. Personally, I know that's like a not mm-hmm. a very popular opinion, but I really liked it. So yeah, I also like Shadows of Valencia though. So <laughs> take it what it is. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Uh, any more questions, Corey? Uh, that's all I have, Edward. All right. Then we're going to get into Snack Tendo. <laughs> 37 or, t- what, 28 minutes into the show? <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
That's fine. So everybody, I am going to actually start Snack Tendo uh, with this episode because I actually did uh, some new snacks. Um, Hagen Dazs uh, at my job, we got some new ones. So I actually tried black and white cookie ice cream. Um, it was a vanilla uh, ice cream with black and white cookies uh, pieces in it. And I know we've been talking about it on our Discord, but you guys should join us there. for Join Sentido. the Discord. Yes. Uh, about black and white cookies. And I've never heard of it. I've never known about this cookie or anything and it was it was good it was fine nothing too bad um they had some uh (laughs) they had some because the ice cream was covering up the cookie uh i was getting more ice cream flavor than what the cookie was so i didn't know if it was like a sugar cookie or (laughs) what It, it, it was just a weird balance um i had a berry flavor cake pop where it's those little strawberry cups like it's the vanilla with like strawberry kind of mixed in and stuff it's that kind of cut kind of cup with uh cake breading in it um to represent like a cake bottle it, and it wasn't bad but what my favorite is is coffee chocolate brownie uh so the chocolate tastes like coffee in the in the sense it's kind of like mocha um, and it has brownie pieces into it. And it was pretty good. I, that was the one that I love. They got some peanut butter pretzel one, and I'm like, no, I can't do peanut butter ice cream. <laughs> I, I I love peanut butter when I do the sandwiches with jelly other than and Reese's. Uh, other than that, I, I was just like, oh, no, I, I would have thrown up with that. Um, my last <laughs> snack, though, that I have to introduce to you guys. Oh, there's also, and I'm going to talk about this next time we come back. Um, I didn't get to try the je- the jelly beans that I brought yet um, because there are some Fruit Loop jelly beans that just came out. Of course there are. <laughs> and I'm just like, what is this? Everybody at work, Corey, has just like literally brought it. And we're going to come back and tell, tell each other if we liked it or not <laughs> or, or anything. Um, wow. But the last one I kind of want to show you guys are these are M&M's. These are honey graham uh m ms and yes where do you so, find this stuff this is easter this is easter candy this year uh-huh. so That's, this is the first hmm. time okay yes so it's m ms with actual honey graham crackers in it and it's not bad think of if you tried the m m crispies it's like that uh but it has a lot of graham crackers so it's mixing that good M&M chocolate that it's known for with, gram, with honey gram pieces. It's not bad. I, I just picked it up um, and gave some and gave it a try snacking to that. And I'm like, ooh, this is really good. It's not on my top. It's not a top tier kind of M&M and stuff, but it is good. I what, do recommend it. So what are they called? Uh, honey gram M&Ms. Hmm. I, mm, mm, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, <laughs> uh, is that is that it? Yeah, that's all I have been snacking on. You looked you looked distracted, Ed. <laughs> uh, Ed's watching something on the side. He doesn't have time to podcast. No, I had time to podcast. I just got some, just got a message from somebody. I'm just like, oh, well, no okay. messages. As your phone goes off with buzzes. <laughs> hey, I have a wife and children, okay? That is true. Yes. What if one of them is 
is break dancing in their bedroom. I gotta go see <laughs> to go record it. <laughs> yeah, it's good content. I'm gonna put it on uh, the Boss Rush TikTok. Oh wow! Oh man, what Corey? What have you been taking off? I mean, nothing. Nothing really. I mean, we had some Chinese food this weekend. Nothing like super. Nothing really interesting. You know, I mean, so all of our snacks are like different because my son has like a dairy kind of intolerance. So my wife has been really trying to not eat dairy also. Mm -hmm. And uh, so all of our snacks have changed. Uh, But there's this really good dip at at Aldi. Uh, It's just a street corn dip and it's really good. So I... I've been snacking on that, and it's uh, it's real good. I'm into it, but I mean that's that's really the only interesting thing. We didn't really do anything interesting this <laughs> this weekend, to be honest with you, in terms of food. I really missed my big fat burrito. That's all. Um, but yeah, that's that's it. What's wrong, Ed? It's not paying attention again. Yes. Because we talked about, we've been talking about Aldi's all week at work. And literally, me and you've been talking about Aldi's. And so, uh, that corn dip, I I may have to go get some. I've been wanting to go to Aldi's and do some grocery shopping there. Hmm. And get some really good snacks. Nice. Get them. So get those snacks. You should get the cook the the fake Oreos with like the uh-huh. the the vanilla and then the chocolate, and you just smash them together like a double stuff Oreo. You should you should do that. Ooh, ooh yes. Yeah. I I will check it tomorrow. Uh, if it is the right one, I'll send you a picture to be like, are these the ones? And I'll just say yes. Then I will go eat them. I will mm. go get them. Mm. Cool. Well, Ed's blowing up over there. It's Hollywood tonight. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, surprisingly, but <laughs> but that's all for your uh, snack, Tendo. Yeah, uh, it is. Yep. All right. Well, we kind of got well. So we have a certain new segment, everybody. Uh, we kind of separated the new releases from the news. Mm-hmm. Um, and so since Dan wasn't able to make it. Uh, we have retitled this, Hey You, What's New? And these are all the new releases that is coming to the Nintendo Switch. Um, some games we are omitting because the list is long. And once again, yeah, Nintendo I ha- Switch got a lot. Are, do you want me to do the segments and stands on here, or are you going to do it? Because there's, there's a few standouts in here. Um, we could, uh, I could do it. I could do it for this week. Fine. Well, on Tuesday, we got the Wild Case, which is a 2D point-and-click adventure set in a remote village deep in the forest. Um, it's, uh, digitally, is at $9.99, but you get on sale for $8.49. Probably by the time you guys see this, um, it may be on its regular price, but if it's still on sale, you guys could pick it up. Um, on Wednesday, we have Will You Snail, S N 
S N A I L. It's a puzzle platformer where there's a uh, AI squid that tries to predict your moves and stop you from advancing. It's digitally for $14.99. Thursday on March 10th, there is a lot of games, Ancient Islands, Ash Walkers. The big one, though, is Aztec for Guiding Gods. Um, take control of your protagonist, uh, Chatili, and battle Colossus Gods in this ambitious indie action adventure game. Um, you guys can pre order. It right now is digitally $29.99. Um, this was part of last year's uh Nindy Direct. Um, so if you guys want to see it, go take a look at it. It really, I've been wanting this game when ever since I seen that first trailer. I got my copy already pre reserved and I cannot wait for it. Uh, Chuggable GP is also coming on March 10th. It's the Final Fantasy meets Mario Kart, where you take control of your favorite Final Fantasy characters and race through familiar settings. It's $49.99, or uh, for right now, that is digitally. Uh, and uh, one big one, uh, Republic Anniversary Edition, experience a 3D narrative stealth adventure game that explores the perils of government surveillance in the internet age. Amazing voice actors such as Rena Strober, Fire Emblem, Jennifer Hale, Mass Effect, David Hayter, Metal Gear Solid, and the Wright Schwartz, Marvel's Spider-Man, all appear in this game, and it's digitally $14.99. And this was a mobile game from... Uh, um, the the, uh, the guy who comes from uh, who used to work with Kojima, um, he left and made Camouflage his own uh, studio, and this is where this game came from. Um, over the years, it's been kind of episodic on mobile, but I believe this is the complete edition for it. Um, and the last but not least, um, Young Souls is a beat 'em up starring orphans Jen and Trist- Tristan who search for the scientists that raised them. And it's digitally $24.99. On Friday, you got Hotel Transylvania Scary Tale Adventures. Control, take, control, uh, take control of Drac and Mavis and play through unique worlds with their own spooky spin, including Red Riding Hood, The Emperor's New Clothes, and Alibaba and the 40 Thieves in the 3D action platformer for Thirty nine ninety nine. Um. Yeah. Uh, wow. It's a lot, and there's more games. So go check out yeah. Dan's article on BossRush.net. You guys will get uh catch up on some news, and definitely check out what games interest you. Any of these games interest you, Corey? Um, I think the standout here is is Aztec Forgotten Gods, which Stephanie will have a review up on mm-hmm. by release day. I think. Uh, we actually invited her to be on the show tonight, but she's, she's like neck deep in reviewing this game. So, uh, have fun with that, Stephanie. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, I think that's a standout one. That was the, that was, uh, one of the standout ones at one of the Indie World showcases. So yes, I think that that's the clear standout. Um, I mean, also I hear Chocobo GP isn't bad, uh, and like they have a, like, it's free, but there's also, like, the digital version, which gives you, like, the battle pass and extra characters and whatever. And I think the first season the first season is Final Fantasy VII-themed. So, uh, if you're looking for <laughs> more Mario Kart, I guess, before the DLC drops in a couple days, like, that's, uh, that's it. Yes. Well, everybody, it's time for... Femi News! Take it away, Corey. All right, hold on. I got to timestamp this so I know where to edit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, okay. 
Nintendo Switch Pro, <laughs> tell me where you heard this before. Nintendo Switch Pro and Switch 2 rumors swirl after NVIDIA leak. Uh, but this seems to have a little bit more of a, uh, what do you call it, more, I don't know. It, it seems more real than the last few. Uh, mm-hmm. So, by the way, all the articles from Fami News, uh, the headlines, and the wrap-up you can find on BossRush.net. Uh, if you want to read the whole articles or watch some of the trailers or the videos that we posted in the articles, you can go there and check yes. these out. Uh, they're also in the show notes. All these articles are also in the show notes of the podcast uh, posting on the website also now. So you can check them out through there as well. Uh, Nintendo Switch Pro and Switch 2 rumors swirl after NVIDIA leak. Tell me where you've heard this one before. Rumors are swirling again that Nintendo Switch Pro is, in fact, in active development. In a recent mega leak from chip manufacturer NVIDIA, there was mention of a custom chip NVN2. Why is this important? The NVN chip was a custom chip that was used as the original Switch's graphics API. A series of tweets from noted data miner NWPlayer123 via My Nintendo News suggested that this new chip should have been used in the Nintendo Switch OLED model. With the chip shortage, the world is experiences now meant that Nintendo couldn't produce enough of these new units to meet demand. Nintendo has been on a roughly two-year refresh rate of their hybrid console, so you may expect to see something in 2023. Ed, what are your thoughts here this is not happening oh my gosh here we um go. i and that means because, it's happening guys <laughs> um just because it says it doesn't mean that nintendo is ready to go uh thinking about uh switch 2 yet or the switch pro yet i think that system is still ways off um because and not because of the chip shortages, it's because they see the success of what Switch is doing now. Um, and they're probably still thinking about how do we innovate this instead of just putting a new chip to produce better graphics, ray tracing, and all of, all of that stuff, you know, the technical stuff. I think they're trying to figure out how do we, if they're going to go in and do a new system they'll go in and do a new system. And even they said that they're, they're not working on anything. They're not even doing no research and development. That's like that has to even They're started. always doing research and development. If they, they doing any They're not going to say that, but they always are. You know they are. Well, it's Nintendo. I, you know they're doing research and development. Well, I'm, I'm just saying that like for a console, I don't think they're thinking of anything just yet. I think they're trying to... Um, they're probably brainstorming some ideas of what they can do and they may be probably doing some designs, but they're not really trying to look like, okay, we need to go talk to this manufacturer. We need to get these parts. And like, we don't see any, uh, anything of that because, um, just because this leak happened, it doesn't mean that, Oh, the next two years, we're going to finally get switch pro. I'm like, they're trying to get more OLEDs out um, and hopefully at a point phase out the old Nintendo Switch and, you know, everybody would have the OLED so they would be caught up on the current on the current stuff and everything. Um, and plus, they're they're truly working and f- focusing on games at this time. So that's why I feel like just because this so-called leak uh, stated in that chip, 
I don't think they're go they're getting ready to be like, okay, we're gonna put a new chip in and this is gonna be the new edition of the Switch. And and just after just after two years, I'm like, no, they're they're it's gonna take time for them. They're I think they probably have a eight to ten year plan with Switch before they get into a new console. And that new console, wherever it may be, it's gonna be under a new name. Well, I think I think the new console is literally just going to be a Switch again. But I mean, it'll it might have a different name, but it's literally going to be a Switch again. I think I, they can't mm-hmm. go back, right? We've talked about this so many times, right? And yes, uh, I think that I think that this chip is real, and I think that this rumor is real. Whether or not it's a upgraded version of the Switch or a Switch Two has yet to be. Uh, determined, but also I think if the Switch is not <laughs> I feel like if this new Switch is not uh, what do you call it, po- powerful enough to handle th- yeah. handle things Like I think it's just going to be kind of like I don't know because the Switch already has a hard time running these third party games anyway that are ported down to it, right? And so I'm just worried that we're going to have another Nintendo situation of no third party support but, you know, it's a handheld, so it has great indies and great first party, which is fine, right? Like, that's what a lot of people play their Switch for is Nintendo games and indie games, right? And Yes. I think that's great. But I think you still need to somewhat actively have third party games on your console, whether or not people buy them there or not is up to them. But I think you got to at least try. So uh, this, to me, sounds more like an upgraded Switch. I mean, we know the Switch is... Ha- they said it's, what, about halfway through its life cycle? So, what, five years? Yes. So let's just say the Switch goes for... Let's say three more years, okay, mm-hmm. hypothetically. D- does this mean that this this new chip is, like... I don't... Would they save this for a second console? I don't know. At that point, I would just, like, try to... I, I don't know. I, I just, I, I feel, I'm just really confused at why, like, they would, I don't know, we talk about this all the time, where the Switch still feels like a new console five years in, right? It still feels like mm-hmm. a refreshing idea. I don't know why, maybe it's because we've been trained that the Game Boy lasted 10 years, the DS lasted 10 years, the, the 3DS just celebrated its 10th birthday, right? Like, handhelds are the longevity of Nintendo, right? Whereas the consoles have been replaced every four to five years right and so now we have this awesome hybrid that does both and i just don't want them to move away from this model i want them to do the ipad thing where they just keep iterating on this formula instead of coming out with something new or you know what i mean like i think the switch is just a dominant idea it's such a great idea if you go back to two systems or a home console and a handheld like the thing is, if you go if you go back to a straight home console, you have to build a box that competes with the PlayStation Five and Xbox Series X. Well, and, and, and I don't I, think they want to do that, right? And I think that with the and, and that's why I feel like they if they're going to go onto their next system, I think they're going to make another customized chip that's going to be a different code or anything. Well, yeah, that's what, that's like, what I'm saying. But this this. NVN2 exists. It clearly exists. So what does it exist for, right? It what does mm-hmm. it exist for a Switch 2 or does it ex, it does it exist for an upgraded Switch Pro? Like that's the question. That's the real question here, right? So what does right. it what does it's, it exist for? 
I think I think the weird thing would be why would they put this chip in for it to get leaked and stuff? Because I don't well, think the first chip. Well, I, the the Nvidia thing is like a massive mega. It's like a mega leak. It's this is more than just video game chips, right? This is like Nvidia's future for like the next few years, right? Like mm-hmm. uh, they talked about it at my work. Like it it has to do with like enterprise stuff too, right? Like big business ideas not just not just consumer electronics chips these are like this is like a huge leak in a huge dumpster fire for them this just happened to be found within this mega leak of things uh that are of things that are in development right and this chip mm-hmm. is in development so the chip exists it, the question now is like what does it exist for and we know that this chip is a custom chip for the Nintendo Switch. So what is what is this chip for? Is it for a Switch Pro or is it for a Switch 2? I wonder with Nintendo. Well, because that's what I wonder. My thing would be if I worked at NVIDIA or a person who worked at NVIDIA, if I see a representative of Nintendo, and I know this is like I, I wouldn't be able to say anything or 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 or, or whatever, mm-hmm. but there, I think what I would want more leaks of, I would want a leak of a picture of someone from Nintendo going to Nvidia to make talks. I mean, that's not gonna happen. Come I mean, on. that's not gonna. I mean, yeah, that's not gonna happen. But I'm just like if, unless they did like a Zoom call or something, <laughs> business mm-hmm. meeting or something. I don't, there's something about this to be like, why would Nintendo have them put them on and then not bring this out, not bring this system out later on just to have the same system with a little bit more power when the OLED at this current age, I mean, current state, not age, current state is doing well for them. It is. I I don't disagree with that. But at the same time, they're on a two year refresh rate. That would put this in Mm -hmm. the fall of 2023, right? And you still, it, it'd be like a second generation of the OLED, right? We have two, we have two iterations of the launch switch. They upgraded yeah, but- that when they brought the switch light out to give it better battery life and better processing uh-huh. power. And, and there's like, it's not statistically like better. It's not, <laughs> it's not a uh, higher tier enough to, to, to promote that it is, but it has better yeah. guts in it. Right. Like mm-hmm. it, it has what a, a double the battery life and like it yes. easily you know a little bit better processing power like that's we could have an OLED switch too you know so oh, I, I think what we, I think what we end up happening if this is hap- if this is happening this is for Nintendo Light Switch Light this no. is not for no control. the light's done like this the light is what it is right it's a kids thing. You know, well, th- well, that's what I, that's what I I feel like that if this is a new chip, I think they are going to try to get a light version that matches up to an OLED. I mean, this, yeah, I mean, I don't disagree that whatever the next iteration is, it's going to have a like powerful version and a light version, right? Like, I mean, that, that's yeah. that I think I think that makes sense, but also like, do you do that with the chip shortage too? So I don't know. I I right, think I think because I, oh I'm sorry. <clears throat> I, go ahead, go Corey. No, I just I'm just I just think we're not getting anywhere with this conversation. That's all. Oh no, I I, I just think that what if it was the switch light and it was OLED and it was this new chip? Well, that'd be dumb and stuff. That's just dumb. Because people would be mad. 
Yeah. We will well, yeah, people mad. would be mad. I think the Switch Lite was a nice idea at the time. I think mm-hmm. I think it's a nice thing to buy your kid if you don't want them to have an expensive piece of electronics, right? $200 is a nice sweet spot. And kids don't care about an OLED screen or the dock or anything. They just want to play Pokemon yeah. and Mario Kart and be like, you know, or Minecraft or Fortnite. Like, that's what the Switch Lite is for. So, right. And I think uh, people will be people be upset, but I'm like, you place that expectation on something that it, if you, it, I just have a feeling Nintendo is is not doing anything for their new system just yet. And I would, I I wish they were. I think they probably are digging up some things for their research research and development. I want to see. I what would be more important to me would be. Is Nitsy talking to Epic for Unreal Engine Five to be on their system? I want to be. I want to know if they're talking, having talks with Square Enix of Luminous System of that uh, engine could work on them. If they could, if they're talking to these other companies to get what to get the latest engine that could work on their system, that's when I know there's I mean, another. There's another. Another thing coming. Go ahead. The, the thing to me is like I don't think Nintendo cares. I mean, if they can use the, I think the only reason why they care about an engine is if they can use it, right? Yeah. We know what Kirby and Yoshi and a couple other games are running on Unreal. I think, you know, but like the Mario engine is the Mario engine, right? That yes. runs Luigi's Mansion. That runs Mario Odyssey. That runs all the Mario games. The Zelda engine is the Zelda engine, right? It's the it's the mm-hmm. Monolith engine, I think actually, but like. It runs Zelda. It runs Xenoblade. I don't think Nintendo cares unless they can use it, and I think they're perfectly fine with whatever they're using. And uh, I just don't think it matters to them. But well, so. I think that's I think that's why a new custom chip would be made for them. I think if they get that information of what they could get from their third party, then they'll be like, okay, now we need to make a chip that can run it at least get it running somewhat. Yeah, but I All do right. agree. Yeah. So we'll see. I I hope that they just keep doing the iPad thing and just keep iterating because uh, it is, works. This is it, the it works. best thing that Nintendo's done since the Game Boy Advance, in my opinion. Uh, so, anyways, we are going to move on, Ed. We are going to move on to Nintendo Switch Sports. Nintendo Switch Sports may be serving up some extra games in the future in future updates, suggests a recent data mine. Uh, revealed by Twitter user WipeoutJack7 and data miner ToyCon Garage VR, it seems more sports will be added periodically, with basketball and dodgeball having been found in the code. Now, this could just be old code that they couldn't get right, as suggested in the tweet, but also uh, looking at Nintendo's Switch Sports as a game that constantly gets updated with new sports and mini games uh, would make a surefire long term hit after the game is out. All right, Ed, do you see Nintendo Switch Sports adding more sports throughout the the time? Yeah, I mean this is nothing new. Uh, yeah. What what sport ga- sports games will come to it? I think we'll probably get boxing. Yeah, I think basketball will be there. Um, dodgeball will kind of. I think it would be a new one. I don't think there's been a dodgeball in any of those Wii Sports games. I don't think um, so either. You know, uh, I yeah, I could actually see, and even some Olympic stuff could come in. So maybe some stuff from Wii Fit that they break in 
Uh, um, I think this is nothing new. Uh, I just think uh, I think we definitely will get some when we get it after the golf game. Uh, it's going to be more of the question, and I, I probably I say probably every three months we might get something. We might get some updates in a new game, maybe two or three new games for it because if, if they're small. Nintendo shouldn't have to charge for it. I think it should be just like it's a free update. Here are three new sports games that you guys could dive into. Here's the online functionality and tournaments and stuff if you guys care to, yeah. you know. And I, I, I probably, I think they'll probably get up to, I want to say maybe ten sports games that they would have on this, and I think that would be fine. Mm-hmm. Like up to like ten sports games. Yeah, um, I could see them do like ten or twelve. Hmm. Um. I think that I think that would be a good round number. Although I think people are literally just looking forward to bowling again. Yeah, uh, because yeah. like I mean, just think about it, man. The, the Wii Sports is like it's like seventeen years old at this point. Yeah, but people just enjoyed it. They, not, they I know. Fun. I'm not. I'm not saying they didn't. I'm just saying like that game is so. Man, remember when we when remember when Wii Sports came to Wii U. <laughs> the the Wii Sports Club version of it, yeah. <laughs> Man, that game became so hard to find after like the first week. <laughs> exactly, and it's like I went, I looked on Amazon and eBay the other day because I was like, I think it'd be really cool just to have like the Wii Wii U version of that game because I know it was hard to find. It's like eighty dollars used. Like, oh my gosh, get out of here! I'll be looking at what kind of salvation army <laughs> garage sale is going on there there's some grandmama or some mama who's trying to get rid of some games that they don't play man dude that's the treasure I, trolls so like i told you that my mission right now is to get as many wii u and 3ds games as i possibly can before before the eShop close yeah i'm not buying the eShop versions i'm buying the physical versions but you know as soon as those eShops close those prices are going up Oh, heck yeah. And so I'm just trying to get, like, the last of the games that I don't have, right? Like, I need, like, one other Fire Emblem game. I need to get Ocarina of Time physically. I need to get Metroid Samus Returns physically. Like, there's a couple games that I just don't have (laughs) physically for 3DS. And so, uh, yeah. Anyways, let's move on, Ed, to our final story of the night in the headlines. Uh, A new Fire Emblem may be closer than you think. In a recent Nintendo Direct, we learned that Nintendo is releasing Fire Emblem Warriors Three Three Hopes, a title that serves both as a sequel to the previous Fire Emblem Warriors as well as the Fire Emblem's Three Houses sequel this June. However, it seems that it may not be the only Fire Emblem title we get this year. Emily Rogers, a notable industry, specifically Nintendo Insider, has suggested that a proper entry to the popular strategy franchise is also on the way, coming out as early as October. As early as October. Jeez, October. <laughs> Guys, wow. I have a stroke or Words. something. <laughs> uh, will it be an October 2022 release, or will it be a 2023 release, February or March? I've mentioned before that this game is nearly finished and it, it, with its development, uh, is 
Intelligent Systems has had over three plus years to develop this game, and they recently received assistance from a support studio. Let's rewind the clock back to the year 2017, where that year Nintendo released two Fire Emblem games, Fire Emblem Warriors and Fire Emblem Echoes Shadows of Valencia. Who says history can't repeat itself again? Uh, while we don't know the nature of the game itself, Nintendo seems to be repeating their launch year schedule with two Fire Emblem games is not out of the question in one year. Fire Emblem Three Houses was a massive success, and their mobile outing, Fire Emblem Heroes, has generated over $1 billion in revenue in less than three years. Crazy. Uh, so, Ed, I went back to find the episode of Nintendo Power Block where we talked about Remember when we were talking about the the Switch version was in development, but it was yeah. still called the NX, and we knew a Fire Emblem game was coming out, right? But yes. the rumor at the time was a pirate Fire Emblem game, right? And I wrote this up in the article. Like my like, when I write a news story, I usually put like a my take at the bottom of it, mm-hmm. and the it's time, Ed, for the pirate Fire Emblem game. It's time. It's and it would definitely it would definitely work. Um how it how they would go about it. I'm interested in the story. Yeah. Cause like is there is like is there a do you you know get crew members like, kind of like Suika did like sometimes you would do requests and you would fight different things and uh end up with new characters added on and the more characters you build you build this like castle so I wonder would Nintendo be like okay you have to go out you fight these people you get a crew or people would join you and you guys make this big pirate organization mm-hmm. and you're trying to stop uh, this one uh, antagonist uh, and if you stop them, you, you know you'll have all the riches and stuff. Like I wonder how do they go from three houses to a pirate setting? Because I don't. I am intrigued. Like, did you do battle? Did you do boat battle systems, or do you keep that traditional sword fighting? Well, here's, oh, here's my thought. Like, I I love Fire Emblem, but I'm really tired of like the kind of like European kind of castle mystical type thing right like i i love three houses right but that art style or a similar art style has been it's been used for like since a since really since the series started but like i mean since awakening for me right so mm-hmm. i think you could do something unique with pirates like it could still like kind of be similar in art style but you could add flair to it with like you know you could add a captain's hat for some stat boosts or something. You could do something yeah. really unique with some, you know, outfit changes or class abilities or, you know, stuff like that. I think it would be really awesome to do pirates. I think you could do some, like, even go a little bit further and do, you know, port takeovers, right? And in, in the way that you could uh, do it in like uh assassin's creed black flag right remember like you could yeah. roll up to a, a fortress and take it over right but i mean obviously it wouldn't be real time it'd be a, a strategy thing but like you could take over fortresses and garner resources from that fortress and uh new party members uh and you could either like 
threaten them or be kind to them to try to get different stats out of them, you know, and to see if they would help you or not. Like there's different things you could do. And I think that would be really awesome to see in a Fire Emblem game. Right. And Nintendo has experience in water design levels. Um, yeah, but and, I don't. I don't think that would really matter in a Fire Emblem game, though. To be honest with you. Well, well, yeah, but I, I think with intelligent system, if they're doing it, I, you know, they did Codename Steam, you know, so they could take borrow ideas from that, mm-hmm. and really, like, put it like, cause I, I, maybe it's just me, but I think Nintendo's take on a pirate Fire Emblem, which has really not only. Uh, take the Fire Emblem series to a new level, I really think I feel like this would probably be what, maybe the first strategy game for Pirates? No, I mean, Sid Meier's Pirates is like one of the best strategy games ever. I mean, that's not like a... But is it it like... They're rare. Is it like like that tactical style, or is it I mean, I don't really know. It's been so long since I played Sid Meier's Pirates, but I know it's mm-hmm. like a strategy kind of RPG style thing. I, I I wouldn't. I'm not the person to be talking to. I just know that it's like a pirate strategy game. And wasn't there kind of something like that in Mario Part? Not Mario Party. Mario and Luigi. Was it? I mean, kind of like it's like some kind of battle thing. Bowser's Inside Story. I thought didn't it? Did it not? Or did I make that up? I think it was Dream. The Dream. Hmm. I don't remember. I don't yeah, remember. I don't. There was there was like a kanji kind of one, like it was Godzilla or something. You had a Paper Mario or whatever. Oh, or Paper Mario. Jam. Was it Paper Jam? Well, that's the one that Paper Mario is in. Hmm. So I had to. I had to I really don't know. Um, but I, I would be excited. I think, well, definitely I have to hear the soundtrack. You know, the music, I, you could just hear the waves and birds. And once the music comes in, because it's going to have mm-hmm. to be an animated cutscene to introduce this gang mm-hmm. and the voice. Because if you hear the voice they and need it to get sounds the, like pirates, They need to get the team that did the Link's Awakening opening. Yes. Yes. I, I will be down for that. Although the three I, houses, I, the three houses uh, cutscenes aren't terrible. They're pretty good, actually. Yeah, I think it's. I can see. I think it's time. I agree with you. I think it's time for them to introduce a pirate because it's going to sell no matter what. Because I think this allows Nintendo and Intelligence System to have a new, add new gameplay elements. Yeah, and be able to tell an intriguing pirate story. Yeah, that plus, you know. Oh, go ahead. Oh, plus, I I didn't mean to cut you off. I'm sorry. Uh, but you could like you remember in uh, was it Awakening that you could like upgrade your your house or your fortress or whatever? Yeah. yeah, like they could do that for like a pirate ship, and then like your base of operations, you could like have a couple upgrade type things that give you better stats, right? Like you could go yes. in and upgrade your pirate fortress to to you know have better weapons or better like maybe you get you can harvest better food and better beer to like boost your stats or something yes uh or you could like boost your ship to you know be able to find like take on bigger bigger squads i guess to an extent i don't know i i think there's so many cool things you could do with pirates plus like 
pirates are cool, man. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, pirates are cool. So and you could, and maybe even borrow stuff from Events Wars. I mean, if they need yeah, to. I mean, you could theoretically, like, you could build your own fleet out and, like, you know, that'd be really cool. Yeah. 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 So now uh, I, I I feel like it is it is coming, and that's why I said I think we'll see it at E3 this year. Mm. When it's when it's released, I hmm, I think because of three hopes happening this year, I feel like it's the it's gonna be twenty twenty three. Yeah, for next year. Yeah, I think I mean it. I think it all depends on Zelda. To be honest with you, that is true. I think that. that I think of that as if Zelda comes out this year, they're pushing Fire Emblem to March, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, then Fire Emblem would be February or March. Well, can I ask you a question before we end the segment? Mm-hmm. Did you think it'd be a stronger 2023 if they push if Fire Emblem and Zelda is for next year? I mean, see, I don't think they need Zelda or Fire Emblem this year. I think their year is strong enough as it is this year, but also. Yes. Also, like, you need that October game. I think Zelda would be a better October game, personally. I think, and not Mm -hmm. that Fire Emblem isn't big, but Zelda is bigger. And if you want to take on, presumably, God of War and whatever Microsoft decides to put out this year, like, you're going to need that Zelda to, you're going to want that one-two punch of of Zelda Pokemon, right? To sell consoles. And then they'll do that stupid Mario Kart bundle again. (laughs) Yeah, because... I think if they did push Zelda, push it to March. Make it spring. Because I think Fire Emblem Pirates, let's call it, will be a good introduction for February. They could do a they could port something. Let's yeah. say Xenoblade X. Xenoblade Chronicles X for January. Port something. Well, they're, not, the they're not gonna they're not gonna they're not gonna put out Xenoblade Chronicles uh, X right after three, you know? Well well, I'm just talking about. Well, yeah, I'm just using it as a a game. Just port something. The 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 Nintendo uh the NES Challenge collection. Port that and put that uh, put it out in January. Speaking Prior of, Emblem, where's NES Remix at? That's what I wonder. I feel like we're getting that at E3. I literally feel like we're getting that at E3. It made them too much money, and the people really enjoyed it. So. Yeah. Something for something for January, Fire Emblem Pirates for February, and Zelda for um, Zelda for March because at that point in time, I, I it may be, be I don't think Microsoft and Microsoft and Sony have anything out ready to go just yet because they're having a big year this year. Mm-hmm. That would literally be the time to get those three games out. Start the spring. Start the end. End of winter on a good note. Start the spring on a hot note. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, January is always big for them. I think, I think, and you know, it's been on a cadence since launch, right? January is like a a really strong port, right? Like of what was it? I think Bayonetta came out one year. Yeah, uh, Ban- or uh, Super New Super Mario Brothers U came out one year, and then like their major releases start in February, right? And so yes, you release. You release Fire Emblem in February, and then Zelda in March, I think, would be, like, the perfect thing. And then you, like, for... Man, I, I don't even know what's left to port in January. But you know what I mean? Like, maybe that maybe that Metroid Prime remake comes out in January, right? Yeah. 
Like that would be like a huge first quarter for them. Well, yeah. So to get ready for Metro, if they do, if they push Metro Prime Four to twenty twenty three, that would be mm-hmm. a good. Well, year. yeah, that's not coming out this year. Oh yeah, so. but I mean that that's a strong year for Nintendo again, and maybe Super Mario Odyssey too, if mm-hmm. they want to do it for twenty twenty three. Yeah, I, know we're I mean doing... you do. I think twenty twenty three, right? Like you do Fire Emblem, you do Zelda, you do Mario Odyssey, and you do Metroid Prime remake. Like that's a huge year right there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, I mean, th- I, like. Or if that, you put Zelda out this year, you could put out Wind Waker and Twilight Princess next year and be totally satisfied. Yeah, because I, I, I just have a feeling that Pokemon Scarlet and Violet is the last major game for Nintendo in November, and they don't do nothing for December. Oh yeah, I don't think they're doing anything in December. So you know. Yeah. Even though Starfield is in, well, no, Starfield wouldn't wouldn't affect. Even though that's before Pokemon, uh, November. I think we, we, I think we're good for November. Yeah, but I think po- I think March. Pokemon and Starfield are two totally different audiences. Right? Oh yeah, you know, I I don't. I think anything that Nintendo puts out, like as much as I say, hey, they need this to compete with this, they need this to compete with that, like. I don't. Th- I think Nintendo audiences are going to buy Nintendo games no matter what, and it doesn't matter, yeah. right? It's it's the it's the quote unquote outsiders that he want to try to draw <laughs> in, right? And Pokemon yeah. does that, Zelda does that. I don't think Xenoblade does that, but I think Xenoblade has a hardcore audience that yeah uh, will buy those games no matter what. Which is like, I've been replaying the first game, and it's it's awesome. I <laughs> love that first game. Yeah. So. I, I think when me just bringing in Starfield, I think that's just a compliment to Microsoft. And I'm like, that's two big, or three, I should say, three hot games coming that month. Mm-hmm. So that's really good just for no- November for mm-hmm. games. Yeah. So we'll see. But thank I'm you really... now, Corey. I want to a pirate. I do now. I want to see what it is. I know. I want I... to see what they could do with a different type of Fire Emblem game, you know? Yeah. All right, we're gonna we're gonna move on to the wrap up. Uh, thanks everybody for <laughs> dealing with that news <laughs> news <laughs> stories uh, of the of the day. So our wrap up, Ezio seems to be joining Fortnite. Ezio Auditori de Firenze is known for climbing the rooftops of Italy and assassinating targets with his hidden blade, but now it seems he will be jumping off something other than a famous landmark. In a recent leak, the leader of the Brotherhood may be making his way to the to Fortnite with two outfits, his hidden blades for, as a harvesting tool, and an exclusive emote. Fortnite continues to be the unstoppable crossover game and continues to deliver some great surprises almost five years after it debuted. Um, next story, Nintendo drops uh, a surprise demo of Kirby and the Forgotten Land almost a month ahead of launch. The demo includes two difficulty settings, the first three levels, and a fun new launch trailer. Kirby and the Forgotten Lands gl- blah, glides onto Nintendo Switch on March 25th. And last but not least, Atari is publishing their first original game in almost a decade, developed by Graphite Lab. Uh, uh, Combinera is a puzzle game in which players control different colored balls, each with their own unique power to solve over 300 puzzles. The balls move at the same time, adding tension to each puzzle, this is the first of 13 games Atari aims to publish in the next 13 months to regain their prominence in the gaming industry. So, did you see this uh, Common Era game 
Ed? Uh, no, I didn't even know that Atari, Atari was back making games. Yeah. Uh, so they're they're kind of doing the thing that Konami has kind of quietly been doing is seeking out little indie studios and mm-hmm. trying to make publishing deals with them. And this game actually looks really cool. I did a lot of research on Graphite Lab. They're like a really small indie team. I think there's like 10 or 12 people that work there. But this game looks really fun and unique and, and cool. And uh, the story's on our website. There's actually a trailer on the website, too, if you want to go check it out. it's uh, it. I'm kind of excited for it. I mean, it's coming to everything, but, you know, it looks like the perfect Switch game. So, uh yeah, I don't really know when it's coming out, but it's coming out soon. So that's the wrap up. Uh, a couple content shout outs I want to I want to shout out before we move into our next section. There, Ed. Uh, yes. Let me see here. Hold on, I lost it. Uh. Yeah, this game looks interesting. I'll just check the trailer. Yeah, yeah it looks pretty interesting. Yeah, it's, it looks really cool. So, all right, content shoutouts. Uh, Dan's Boss Rush Banter after five years is the Nintendo Switch the best Nintendo console. It's a really good read. I highly suggest you check it out. I cannot believe that this device right here is five years old. This is my launch switch, by the way. <laughs> I turned oh, it wow. on today to see if it was still like chugging along. And spoilers, it is. <laughs> uh, uh, and then also for you movie fans out there, check out mark's uh review of the batman uh it's it's a really really good review i have not seen the movie yet but the review is was well written and really great so really go check that out so that's what i have for our content shout outs ed yes i'm actually going wednesday to go see the batman i'm excited cool yes so everybody it's time for doc mode the Nintendo Switch is officially five years old in its lifespan, and we have, and we all have a lot of memories, moment, of uh, memorable moments with the games, announcements, directs, and business numbers. We're reflecting on the strengths, downtimes, and personal experience, and what we predict for the future of this console. You ready, Elite Black Agents? Let's go! Now, of course, Dan and Jacob isn't here, and me and Corey, we, um, well, you know what? Did a- That's their fault. Okay, <laughs> not here. Uh, we kind of we kind of talked a little bit of it on uh, Expression Pass that you guys should check out. And uh, I asked Corey on that episode, you know, what made you want to get a Nintendo Switch? And we had a great discussion from that. <laughs> um, and Still the so funniest I... question I think you've ever asked me. <laughs> it's, uh, like, but... it's like the amazing revelation you made on the Bossers podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That is true. Uh, but now that we, you know, we talked a little bit earlier about the uh, NVIDIA leak, I kind of want to ask you, Corey, um, five years with the Nintendo Switch. Uh-huh. Um, what have you come away from in a, in a sense? I mean, I think, I think output-wise, I think it looks like it's the strongest because Nintendo's only focusing on one console, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas... Ever since the NES, they've been focusing on two consoles, right? You focus on the Game Boy and the NES. You focus on the Game Boy Color and the Super Nintendo. You focus on the Game Boy Advance and the GameCube, right? They've always just been splitting their their uh, uh, productivity between these two, two systems. And there's a lot yes. of unique ideas from both, right? I mean, the Game Boy, like hooking the Game Boy Advance up to the GameCube to play certain games or 
the link cable with the Game Boy to trade Pokemon or play Tetris. You know, like th- there's there's great ideas there, right? But overall, I mean, even the Wii U and the 3DS, right? Where like the Wii U was was I st- we still talk about it to this day, where the Wii U was the prototype for the Switch, essentially, where yeah. they wanted you to have that handheld experience uh, with console gaming, and it, they just reversed it at first right where the console was under the tv and you streamed it to your tablet whereas now obviously the console is inside the controller essentially and then you know you plug it into the dock and then it streams it to the tv so like essentially the wii u was just a backward switch uh but this is just this is the best idea nintendo has ever had i will i will be shocked if they do if they do not continue this whether it's a Switch 2 or a Super Switch or whatever, if they do not continue this style of device, I think they're stupid. I'm sorry. I think I think they're stupid if they do not continue the Switch. I think it needs to be stronger. I think there needs to be better guts inside. Uh, I think they need to consider what the Steam Deck is doing. Maybe not that powerful, but like, you know, put an mm-hmm. SSD in there, put some more, <laughs> you know, more powerful components in it and whatever. But like, I think... I think the Steam Deck is more popular than anybody thought it was going to be, and I know that you guys have talked about the Steam Deck a little bit on the sh- on the show while I, I mm-hmm. haven't been on, but like, I think the Steam Deck is actually a finally a real competitor in the space. Uh, you know, it does it it allows you to take your Steam games on the go with you, right? Theoretically, uh. You can put it in a dock to hook it up to a monitor or TV. You can, it does what Xbox does so well with xCloud and like, you know, you can play your consoles on your or your games on your PC and then take them with you. Right. It's just, it's just, it is a real competitor in this space. And I think it's not like Nintendo should be scared because obviously Nintendo has Nintendo's games. Right. But I think it's something they need to like, Hey, we really need to look at this device because if we don't take it seriously, we could end up in a Wii U situation again. And I don't want that for Nintendo. I mean, yes. we covered the Wii U for so long and it was awful trying to cover that console. Like there were a lot of great games on the Wii U, like pound for pound. I still think it has probably the best library out of any Nintendo console up to that point. Right. Like I say yeah. it all the time, it has my three favorite Zelda games on it. It has the best 3D Mario game on it. It has Pikmin. It has arguably the best Xenoblade game on it. it. Has Tokyo Mirage Sessions, right? I think that that library is awesome. But at the same time, like it didn't sell. Why didn't it sell? Because it was a underpowered console. It wasn't marketed correctly, and it couldn't compete with its competitors, right? So they took the Switch did exactly what Nintendo does well and made a handheld that plugs into your TV and we're at a hundred million units. Right. Uh, so I just, I think that Nintendo needs to really take the steam deck seriously and really iterate on the console. Now, with that said, I think that Nintendo's output on this console is unmatched to, to anything they've done before. Even if you combine consoles at the time right i mean i don't think there's been this much out like quality output maybe since the super nintendo and like the game boy game boy color game boy pocket era you know at the same time 
right? You can, I mean, you can look at the N64 and the Game Boy Color. Yeah, there's hits here and there. You, I mean, Game Boy Advance and GameCube, I guess, could be like the closest thing. But yes. I, a lot of the a lot of the best games on the Game Boy Advance were remakes of Super Nintendo games or NES games, right? All yes. the Super Mario Advance games were remakes. Not that they are bad remakes; they're great. Ver- that's the best version of Super Mario Two I've ever played. Still a remake. Has a link to the past remake on it, right? I think mm-hmm. you point at that and you're in the Pokemon games. The best Pokemon games on Game Boy Advance are remakes of Red and Blue, right? Yes. So, uh, I mean, I think you just have to, like, really look. I think the only down year, for I mean, just for me at least, was 2019, right? We had Animal Crossing, uh, what, Paper Mario, and... No, that's 2020. Are you sure? Yeah. Because 2019 was... 2019 was that hot year because I think Fire Emblem, Astro Chain, oh. Link's Awakening. Okay, then I'm talking. No, then I'm talking 2020. I I got confused. Okay, you're right. Oh, okay, you're right. 2020 I think was like the downer year for Switch for me, personally, right? Because it's uh, mm-hmm. you know, I think their big games were Animal Crossing, which I didn't care for, Paper Mario, right, which was fine, Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition, great, Pikmin 3 Deluxe, great, but I played it. And Super Mario All-Stars, 3D All-Stars, which was like a dumpster fire when it came out. And so, I mean... Was Sword and Shield? Uh, no. No. The expansions came out that year. I oh, think for Sword and Shield. It was the Mystery Dungeon came out, was the Pokemon okay. game that year. Okay. Uh... I mean, don't get me wrong. There was a lot of great games that year. I mean, the ones I just named were great, right? That would have been a that would have been a top tier year for the Wii U. Yeah. Uh, but overall, like twenty twenty, I think was the worst output for the Switch, and it was still great. So, uh, Trials of Mana, the Mario Kart Live Home Circuit came out that year. Uh, Immortals: Phoenix Rising came to Switch, which was a nice surprise. Uh, Wingfield Adventure became a big hit for them. Like, that jumped. So, I mean, there was a... So, when I'm saying a down year, I'm saying a down year for me, right? I don't care for Mm -hmm. Animal Crossing. Paper Mario is always hit or miss for me. I've played Pikmin before. Xenoblade Chronicles Divinitive Edition. Wonderful game, but I've played it already, right? Yeah. Pikmin 3, wonderful game, but I've played it already. So... That to me was like the down year for Switch. Every, I mean, it, but it's still like a killer year for people who haven't played those games or wanted an, a Warriors game in un, to revisit Breath of the Breath of the Wild universe. Paper Mario, from all intents and purposes, is the best one, a best recent one, I guess. You know, so yeah, their outputs, their output's been phenomenal. I, I probably have like two hundred games on my Switch, which is ridiculous. <laughs> Uh, we'll go to the club. <laughs> yeah, so. and I, I, I agree with you with 2020 being a down year. Definitely, be, uh, I know a lot of people would say due to the pandemic. Um, I think that really changed a lot of lot of companies' plans in general on getting these games released uh, and everything. Uh, I for for me, it was really you know 
being something new and different, like you said, mixing what they do well, which is handheld and console gaming together, do just you know mixing that business together to make this one console, and just showing how much the support just came in. You know, we talked about all those hit games that came out of 2017, and then it's just been a roll of of hot first party games and then we seen indie games come in and how those indie games were keeping businesses open mm-hmm. to really be like you know and these games have been out on other consoles I mean we and, talked and about PC. we talked about Blossom Tales right the that yeah. linked links awakening or link to the past kind of style game where not only did it keep the studio open the second game's coming out this year they're making a Blossom Tales 2 which is coming out this year, which is so awesome because yeah. they said if, if they would have ba- went based off the steam sales, they would have had to close and that sucks. Right. We saw that with, uh, uh, what was that game that Jesse really liked on Xbox max and the cur- curse of brotherhood or whatever? Yes. That game didn't sell at all. And the studio had to close and then they put it on the switch and it sold like quadruple what it sold on xbox and that's really sad because that studio that game is really interesting and cool and it didn't sell on xbox because xbox published it and it didn't sell and so like if they would have just kind of held on and waited for the switch version i wonder how that would have done but um yeah even the kamiko um the game oh yeah the the five dollar switch game that everybody needed the thing, the crazy thing is this because we knew when we found out the switch was region free, um, people were importing the game, and it sold like what I think like five hundred thousand copies. Like it's it sold a lot when it came out. And well, then, yeah, because it was five dollars. <laughs> well, yeah, but it was just like you wouldn't think a import game from Switch in Japan would sell that much because indie games in Japan don't do I I think I mean besides the Nintendo faithful I think the first kind of major players that moved to the switch besides Nintendo fans were the Mm -hmm. Vita were the Vita fans right yeah and they have been importing games forever because that con that console is not region locked the stores are but the the games are not and so when they found out that you could create a Japanese account on switch and just play the games on the console. Like that became a huge thing, right? Where there was a, that dragon quest, uh, warrior style game, right? That everybody yeah. wanted. I'm still shocked. Never came out here. Uh, it can't the one that came to PlayStation. Yeah. I'm oh, saying, I'm saying on, it never came to switch oh. is what I'm saying. Okay. Yeah. I'm shocked, but you can buy it and play it and it's localized. It's all in English. You can play the entire game in English. It just never yeah. came here, but you can buy it on the Japanese eShop right now. Yeah. Like I've there's there there cuz all three consoles were reaching were were reaching free and everybody was so excited for that to happen, but it just looked like the Switch really took advantage uh advantage of that. And mm-hmm. people are still doing it, still buying games even when they're watching the Japanese Nintendo Direct and be like, "Yeah, we got this game dropping now." People just like, "Oh, I'm going to buy it now." And then yeah. we get like reviews, people are talking about it. Mm-hmm. So it it it's surprising to see just how indies have grown and kept like a lot there were just stories of how 
the gangs on that system kept businesses open. We talked on EXP about civilization, uh, civilization, Civ, uh, six, mm-hmm. um, and the crossplay and crosses, and that was shocking to PC players. And but they were just like, wait a minute, this is on Switch, and you could cross do stuff. Wow. Then limited run, uh, limited run and special reserve. All of those indie games that got f- uh, physical uh, games selling out like hotcakes the day they get announced. Like, who knew that there was so much business happening well, because of Nintendo Switch? Remember, so many people wanted... Uh... Hold on, I just got a notification about an Amiibo. Uh... The King Dedede Amiibo is $12.99 on Amazon. I'm going to get it. Oh, no, it's not. Never mind. Mm-hmm. It's sold out already. Uh, oh. Dang it. I have the I have the Kirby. What was the Kirby game? Star Allies? I yeah. have that. I have that one. I have it, too. But the Smash one was, was finally back in stock, and I wanted it. Because King DDD is my main in Smash, and I know how ridiculous that sounds, but <laughs> I want the Smash one, and it's just I can't get it. Ah. Anyways, continue. Sorry, or was it my? Was it's... I saying something? I don't remember. <laughs> and if I got distracted by a penguin with a hammer, <laughs> it's but it's good that you even say Kirby because like that free DLC fighting game came to Switch. Oh gosh, yeah. You know, regardless if you like it or not, but it was just like that was cool that Nintendo was putting free stuff, free games on Switch using some of their characters. So it, you know, and then when we look at censorship in games, Nintendo just like, you know, you keep it uncensored, do whatever you want to do. Now there's gonna be some cover up, you know, some teasing and stuff. And people were getting on Sony PlayStation about it, be like, why are you censoring their games? And Nintendo, who's a family friendly company, aren't. And they made a statement. They'd be like, we believe in the creator's vision. Yeah. Like, that's that's crazy. That's for moving for Nintendo. That was a really big thing. And then just seeing their relationship with Microsoft. I know we, we've brought it up so many times, but you cannot deny that they have a great relationship. Like I said, a lot of Nintendo fans aren't asking for that much from Microsoft. And I mm-hmm. wish Nintendo would put some of their stuff on Xbox. You know, they just work literally so well. And then this just this year, we got MLB The Show 22 coming out. You know, and yes, that is with the MLB and with Sony. But I can see, you know, how we, we'll see what the reviews are going to be when that game comes out and what, what people say. But I have a feeling that that's going to do somewhat good on Switch. Mm-hmm. And I, I just like the avenues that Nintendo have pre- that the Switch has presented, M- working with more Japanese companies, actually working with Wave Forward to get two games out on their system. You know, the Platinum Games becoming like a big thing, Kobe Tecmo becoming a big thing, definitely Bandai Namco with Smash Brothers. Yeah. You know, and then them going to the SNK, going to uh, Microsoft. You know, going to all of these other companies, and it was just like, wow, you guys are incorporating these games into this uh, party slash melee fighting game. Yes, it's sad that it's not going to be at Evo, but you got to give it to Nintendo to be like, wow, Sakurai and them really worked hard to bring this game 
yeah. uh, Switch and have all of these characters and then add more. Sephiroth, Zora, Sora? Like, mm-hmm. I called Sora too. I just want to make sure everybody knows that. I'm, I'm very proud of myself. He did. He did. And when I, this game I was have... announced and they announced there was going to be DLC, I'm like, if they don't get Sora, they're making a mistake. <laughs> I have to eat dirt because a lot of people said it. I told them it wasn't going to happen because I mean, look, I mean, I think everybody was shocked, including me, who like wanted Sora so bad. Mm. Like, just think of all the hoops they had to jump through. They had to go to Square. They have to go to Disney to license not only the they have to license the Keyblade because that is technically a Disney property right with the mouse ears hanging off of it right they have to license the music which is technically through uh walt disney records and like they had they had to jump through so many hoops that i doubt they made any money off of that (laughs) like that fighter in particular because of that right yeah but it was such a fan service thing and like we've talked about before yeah the main entries don't really exist on nintendo platforms right i'm not counting the cloud versions on switch they suck that would be my uh, but, downgrade. I mean, my down thing. Uh, you know, uh, Kingdom Hearts Recoded, dr- uh, uh, Dream Drop Distance, three five eight over two days. Like, uh, Chain of Memories, right? Came to Game Boy Advance. Like that was the the in between the first mm-hmm. in in between game. And so, I think that Kingdom Hearts is just as much of a Nintendo game as it is a a PlayStation game, and. I'm just really happy that Sora exists. And that was such a hype moment for me when I saw that. And I know we didn't get to do it the way that we did, like, uh, you know, the E3 stuff like Banjo or, you know, some of the early ones. But that was that was a hype moment for me personally. I mean, I'm not, like, neck deep into Kingdom Hearts as much as I used to be, but I'm still – I mean, you know me. You've known me forever. I'm a huge Disney fan. I really mm-hmm. like Kingdom Hearts a lot. And so just seeing Sora in a Nintendo game was like a Smash game was just awesome. And and I and I have to say that Nintendo has worked with Disney because they have put some of their games like they collab to put some of their games on their handhelds and maybe some of their consoles. So it may have been easier with that. But that that Sora reveal was literally big, you know, um, E3 with when they show not just Damon X Machina but when they sh- when they show Breath of the Wild when they show Panzer Dragoon when they show all of these they were just hitting spot at the spot at the spot I think that was 2019's E3 where it was just blowing everybody's mind that all of this stuff was coming out like what in the world are you doing it like we were saying Nintendo stop you are hitting us with too much goodness yeah and you, you got to give I I have to you know I mean, give it up to Nintendo because people were doubting them as a company. Mm-hmm. I mean, I still think our biggest hype moment was when they revealed Doom and Wolfenstein. I think that, exactly. And like, yes. it's not even that we're big Doom or Wolfenstein fans. It was the fact that like Switch was Nintendo was finally getting major third party support for this thing, right? And like. Mm-hmm. I mean, we saw it on Wii U a little bit, especially from Ubisoft, I think was like the strongest component, right? With yes. with two Assassin's Creed games, Ray, the definitive version of Rayman Legends, right? With the touchscreen, Zombie U, Watch Dogs, like Ubisoft really brought it as much as they could to the Wii U until, yes. you know, 
you know, I, I still think they didn't bring Assassin's Creed Rogue to <laughs> to Wii U because Nintendo already said, hey, we're working on something else. You might just want to hold off. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, it, it was just really nice to see big third-party support, right? I, like, okay, yeah, they showed Skyrim in that launch trailer, right? Okay, Skyrim's on everything, big deal. But, like, Doom and Wolfenstein were a big deal. Yeah. Like, Doom Doom 2016 was a surprise hit, and everybody's like, you need, like, this massive PC to run it. And to see that Switch, like, Bethesda put in the effort with Panic Button to really put those games on the Switch was awesome. And, like, even The Witcher, right? I still talk about The Witcher to this day. That game is so fun on the Switch, right? People beat it on the Switch. <laughs> I mean, I <laughs> I wasn't going to sit down for 30 hours and play it on Xbox, you know? But I, I could play it in handheld mode. It really scratched that Breath of the Wild itch that I really had, right? I mean, they're not mm-hmm. the same type of game, but it's still an open-world kind of fantasy game. I like that universe enough to spend some time in it. You know, it's it was it was fun to spend time in that universe on the Switch. And, yeah, uh, you know, it's, it's just been really nice to see. Even before, even before Doom and Wolfenstein was announced... Just seeing in the trailer when they first announced Switch that Skyrim was coming, we was just like, wait a minute, what? Because Bethesda never has done anything for Nintendo. Yeah. And that was made, that was big. Even mm-hmm. Bio, yeah, BioWare did the Sunday games, but I was just like, wait, hold on, wait a minute. I mean, and, Mass Effect 3 is technically on the Wii U. Okay. Well, yes. Technically, that, that aside from story points. The best way to play Mass Effect Three yes. is on the Wii U. Now, uh, EA, get get it together. We need that trilogy on Switch. Yeah, where's my where's my Mass Effect trilogy on Switch, guys? Come on. Like we're fine with whatever you give us, but I mean, so I mean, I, mean, I, th- I think <laughs> to that point, like I think that would be such a major get for the Switch, but also mm-hmm. I know that Bioware is still in kind of some hot water from Anthem and Mass Effect Andromeda, so I think. Uh, you know, really nailing down whatever the next Dragon Age is is their top yes. priority. But also, just saying, I wouldn't say no if you put Mass Effect Legendary Edition on Switch. I would spend the sixty dollars to play it. I think everybody would spend go. the sixty. Look, I don't even need a physical of it. If you said this is digital no. only, I mean, look, Do- Doom Eternal never got a physical copy, right? It's digital only, but guess what? It exists there. And I think I think to that point is like as much as I have been trying to go back and get some of these physical games, right? Like I think the Switch is a great digital platform. You know, mm-hmm. yep, the store yeah. sucks, but I mean just having a digital library is such a nice thing to have on this. Dude, how like how many times have we upgraded our SD cards? <laughs> our I mean, SD I did cards. like three times. You know, I have a five twelve <laughs> in there. And I'm like, I need, I need a terabyte. I need like a two terabyte one if it ever exists. But it does. We just gotta find it <laughs> or order it and pay three hundred, three hundred, four hundred, about that much. Um, you know, it it is just, and we haven't even got it to like Nintendo Online and stuff. So a Switch Online with those games, and that is what it is and stuff. But it's good that they're at least you know, doing it. And then they got this uh, missions and reward stuff, so you mm-hmm. get more, like more stuff. Oh yeah, in it. And, I for- completely you know, forgot about that. 
Like, and, and that is a really good thing. I already changed my avatar to uh, Captain Toe. Of course you did. And did, did a thing. Like, it's it's really cool and stuff. And just, it doesn't take much to get it. It's just like, oh, this is this is awesome. Mm-hmm. You know? So I, I really feel like within the five years, and definitely for RPG players, like, this is PS2 memories all over again. Like, this is an RPG machine for a lot of people. But it, in actuality, it's like, so many things to so many communities of genres mm-hmm. of games. It may not be a lot for first person shooters, but the ones that's on there are really good shooters, even though they may be ports. They really are great games, you know. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. I mean, there's some so. third party games that kind of suck on the Switch. Um, you know, I, <laughs> I don't think the I don't think Assassin's Creed is very good, to be honest with you, on the Switch. Uh, I mean, they're serviceable, but I, <laughs> I just don't think that they're great. Also, big shout out to Roller Coaster Tycoon Adventures. It is terrible. <laughs> Do not purchase <laughs> Roller Coaster Tycoon. Also, Roller Coaster Tycoon Three is available on Switch too, which is weird because Adventures is literally like a modified version of Three. So I don't know why you would mm-hmm. have both, but that's just me, everybody. That's just me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Burnout Paradise is actually a pretty decent port of that uh, game on the Switch. So if you're looking for like a racing game that's not Mario Kart, that game is pretty fun on the Switch. I have it on Switch yeah. and Xbox. Yeah. I've been, uh, I mean, ever since we kind of talked about our show restructure type thing, I've been really trying to focus on Switch in particular. Uh, considering that Arsenal X doesn't really isn't going right now, and I want to kind of focus on where we're headed with with Nintendo content in particular. So yes. I'm, I'm going back to the uh, if it's on Switch, I'm getting it there. Indeed, <laughs> I think I think the last thing for me that I that I love within this five years, and hopefully. Uh, I see more of. Um, I kind of want to see just you know more new IPs. Like I, I got a lot of new IPs on Switch mm-hmm. that I definitely enjoyed, and definitely arcade games. Like there's arcade games I've never heard of, I've never seen in America, and I'm getting to play them on Switch. Yeah, and, and give me some more collections like Capcom. The Capcom Friday anniversary, I barely played any. I only got to try Darkstalkers like once at an arcade like in Kentucky. And I never got to experience that series. And that so That surprises I, me. That Friday, seems like an ad series for sure. It's I've always read about I always read about Darksiders and uh no, not not Darksiders, sorry. Dark Stalkers. Um Darksiders is the RPG action game uh like zelda which is i love that game truly love i love it. those games um, those games are dumb and fun and i'm all about it yes uh i just never got to play those fighting games even red earth and stuff and i think that's and definitely square enix shout out to them because they've been a big support the japanese support for switch has been amazing you know, even Capcom, just like man, I I know you guys put some stuff here and there, but y'all y'all making moves. Yeah. Now, 
Yes, you are porting like half of the Resident Evil series to the uh to the Switch. But I'm just like Which is fine. Hey. That's cool. Like I I yes. <laughs> I mean I, I wish like uh, the rest of the series was available there, but I mean you have what zero one zero one revelations revelations to four five six? Four five six, yeah. The only ones is, is Village Seven. Oh, I think Seven is Cloud in Japan, um, and then remakes of Two and Three we don't have, which is fine. I mean, those games are like remakes. I'm just like, mm, mm-hmm. okay, you know. Yeah. Oh, and uh, and we don't have Code Veronica. Well, no one has Code Veronica. I don't think. Well, Xbox has it via backwards compatibility. Oh, okay, that's cool. Uh, but yeah, I. Switch ha- Nintendo has brought a lot of things to the Switch, and definitely with people carrying it on the go, getting new Joy Cons. Yeah, the Joy Con drift sucks. Um, the <laughs> online functionality could be a little bit better, but it is for for a lot of us. We like to do single player games, and when we do multiplayer games, we do it, and we do it on Switch. It's like for, really for Smash, Mario Party, and Mario Kart. You know, I would love to play with more people. Like, I'm getting get on the wrong, but I would love to play my son a riddle because I like, you know, th- this is great that I get to actually play games. You know, me and you, we got two series uh, completed that people could go watch Link to the Past and Super Metroid. Yeah, and I, I think we're going to really try to bring that back at some point. I, I mean, I really want to, at least. It's, uh, <laughs> I miss your claps. Yeah. Yeah, that was like a big inside joke of like uh, Ed and I. Like every time Ed did something dumb or good, I would I would clap for him because we did the switch online thing, and yeah. like we can expand into uh, we can really expand into N sixty four now and Sega, right? Where yeah, because like those are on there now, and we could we could do. I mean, we're trying to plan something with Galtrad for his, with his streams, right? Of Timeline mm-hmm. with Zelda, but I mean, we could do other games besides Zelda, you know? Yeah. Um, maybe, maybe I'll play through the N sixty four Ocarina of Time to try to get that nasty taste out of my mouth from my one and only experience with that game. Uh, <laughs> um, or, or would you have me play it and experience the no, game? No, like, <laughs> I will play. Like, I will play the 3D games. You are the 2D master. <laughs> okay. I mean, you can if you want. I don't care. I just, I, you know, whatever. We'll figure it out. Uh, but that's that's pretty much it for me. Uh, anything else, Corey? I mean, my launch day experience was pretty great with the system. I requested off work that day to go stand in line. I had already pre-ordered it. I was just standing in line with other people to get it. Mm-hmm. And uh, that whole day was just great. I, I, I got Zelda and 1-2-Switch and Bomberman. Uh, I got my gray Joy-Cons. I set it up. It was it was awesome. It reminded me a lot of, like, I don't know what I missed about midnight launches almost, except it was like eight o'clock in the morning, eight o'clock in the morning. Uh, uh, but like, me. I was there for the Toys R Us one. It was just, uh, it was exciting. You know, anytime a new console launches, it's exciting. But like, uh, 
Nintendo is really the only console since the GameCube, I would say, is like, that's the, I always get a Nintendo console day one. I can usually wait on a PlayStation or an Xbox, although I got my Series X on day one, and that was like the best decision I've ever made in that regard. But like, Nintendo, there's something special about getting a new Nintendo console. You know, even the Wii U, when I went in to get my Wii U, that was like, that was awesome. I I bought the Wii U. I got like 10 games with it because like they were, they literally like flooded the market with games. Yeah. Uh, I think I got, it was New Super Mario Brothers, U, it was, I know Darksiders 2, I got uh, Call of Duty Black Ops 2, I got, what else did I get? Uh, Assassin's Creed 3, Nintendo Land, I got like six, like five or six games that day. It was awesome. Did you buy, did you buy the Mass Effect one? Uh, or did Mass Effect come later? I don't know if it came later. Zombie U was the other game I got. Yeah, I think I think Mass Effect was like two weeks later. Okay. Um, yeah, I couldn't get I couldn't get the Wii U because it was just sold out. It, lit- it literally was sold out. Uh, I I walked right in and got it. I didn't even pre order it. I walked right in and bought one on launch day. Um, <laughs> my but... mom got it for me for my birthday gift, and my mom and I cried. But, yeah, I mean, the Switch launch day was just, uh, I mean, we're never going to have days like the like the Wii again, right, where everybody would stand in line around the door. It's all online pre-orders and stuff, and there's something missing, right? Like, I was thinking about that the other day, where, like, standing in line for midnight launches, like, Halo 3 really stands out. Mm-hmm. The Wii stands out. Um, Twilight Princess stands out, but, I mean, that came out with the Wii also. Uh, you know, just just those midnight launches was was something really um, unique, right? And so uh, we're never going to get that again, though. Really, you know, especially with like the growing digital age and the pandemic is still kind of lingering, uh, and just these consoles are just <laughs> you pre-order them online and then you just have them shipped to your house or you go to the store pick up, right? There's no excitement. There's no sense of community anymore. But like with the switch, it kind of felt like we were rekindling that a little bit because there, there were real Nintendo fans in line and we were talking about Zelda and how cool breath of the wild looked. And and we were talking about our favorite Zelda games and um, that launch day was just really something special and something i won't forget you know and it, it, it's up there with when i got halo 3 and the master chief helmet or you know when i got a gamecube on my birthday it came it gamecube literally came out like the day after my birthday and that was fun and uh yeah i mean just launch day was awesome yeah well everybody that's gonna be it for doc Mo. Uh, Lame. Congratulations, <laughs> congratulations to Nintendo for five years. Um, yeah, here's the five more. Yes, um, probably with the Nvidia NVN2 chip for Switch Pro. <laughs> yeah, uh, who knows? Uh, but we're gonna get to play with power now, Corey. Do we start with? Did you play the Kirby demo? 
I did, but I'm not as hot on it as other people are. Okay. Because uh, the Kirby I mean, we can, triangle stretchy. We can. Both. I mean, we can talk about it if you want. I yeah. only played. <laughs> I literally only played like 20 minutes of it. I just, you know, it it was. It was it was exactly what I thought it was, right? Mm-hmm. It just it felt like a 3D Kirby game to me. <laughs> I don't know if I just didn't get what? far enough or what, but like, I got to the point where you're like sucking up enemies, and I got that first ability with the sword, right? And then you suck up. Yeah. What's the second guy you suck up? It's like a wizard, maybe. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, like I just I'm not as into it as other people, and it's fine. Like I I understand that it's not. A game for me but it was it was cool that they put a demo out i was saying yeah it controls it, it controls well it feels more honestly it feels more like uh that first level at least it feels like super mario 3d world and not yeah. odyssey like which i think a lot of people wanted yeah i think it, uh, the uh, Sorry, everybody. The control is so tight because the control is so tight. That's why I was just like, man, this feels perfect. There was there was something about it with that control, just moving Kirby. I was just like, this, you know, just felt right for some reason. I'm just like, they someone spent time on this to make sure that they got this 3D perfect for Kirby. Mm-hmm. You know, um, the, the fighting, you know, the sucking up, and yes. Pretty much everything that you you have you seen like in the direct and even when they uh, uh, showcase muffle mode and stuff, everything that you pretty much seen there is like the first three levels besides the boss. Um, and I was just like, oh, I'm in for a great adventure, and I think a lot of people may make this as one of their game of the year nominations because I'm like. Of course, the the game awards be like it's a family friendly game, whatever that may be. Um, <laughs> but I'm like, this is really good. This is per- to me perfect. It's like, a beautiful th- game. I'll it like really it, is. it. It's a great looking Kirby game. I will, I will give it that. It definitely looks way better than Star Allies did when it came out. <laughs> yeah, and I think I, I think this is gonna be a palate cleanser for anybody, but it, it's really a game that anyone could really get into. And yes, the wild mode is like supposed to be a little bit challenging, but I still felt like it was easy. I didn't feel like mm-hmm. it was too hard or anything. And I think that's what I liked about this demo that you know they gave you two full levels and a boss, and they got little achievement achievement things here and there. And I think that's really cool that they added when they do that and stuff. Um, I'm I I was I was happy with it. I'm like, yeah, my pre-sale purchase was right on the money. Um, it, it and I don't know how long the game is going to be, but I really enjoyed this demo. I really love controlling Kirby, um, in this game. Yeah, I mean, I like I said, it controls fine. Like it, it's it's a beautiful game. It's just I don't think i'm gonna be sticking around for it okay but i know i mean i know i know stephanie's excited i know you're excited i think jacob's excited uh dan i mean the the normal nintendo crew is excited for it i just it's just not something i'm looking forward to but i'm glad they put a demo out because it allowed me to try it and confirm my decision 
Okay. And I'm sure it'll sell 10 million copies because it's a Kirby game. <laughs> well, I have a feeling later on down the line, there'll be a copy in your household. I mean, there probably will. I have kids. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, I mean, I downloaded the, the demo and my daughter can play it when she wants. So, Okay. Uh, well, we both played Triangle Strategy. Yes. Um, awesome. Yes, we did. Um, that is a much better video game than Kirby. <laughs> uh, so Although, I'm going to say this. Oh, go ahead. No, you go ahead. You go. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say there's a lot of talking. I was just yes. making a joke about the talking. That's all. Yes. A, a lot of story points and stuff. Um the names are but but uh, just bunkers. Selenoa. I'm like, yeah, I don't know. What? The Wolf House, the Wolf Gang House, and I'm like, this is too much. These names are out of control. I want to focus on the gameplay. On this now. I am I am enjoying the gameplay. I only did literally one battle because there's just so much talking. <laughs> there's, yeah, there, I, I think whole, the I think the whole second chapter <laughs> is, is just them talking, and then like chapter three, be like, wait, what? Yeah, what happened? <laughs> did I fight something? Um, did I fall asleep? Did I win? Right. No. Um, okay. I. So this is what I one of my concerns with this. I really I under I see what they're doing with with when. So I corner an enemy from the back and the front, mm-hmm. but I also cornered an enemy to the side, and I kind of wish that if you were corner an enemy on all three sides or all four sides, everybody you would think there would be a combo attack, but there's only like really one attack. And the person, the person in front who's doing the attacking, and the person in the back doing the attacking. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no like, you know, that third person doesn't chime in, or you can't pick which person attacks, right? Yes. So, yeah, I get that. Yeah, and I, I think I need to. Figure, I don't know if the what is the triangle strategy in here? Is it like sword beats spear, spear beats uh? Um, I mean, I really, spears. I really don't know to be honest with you. <laughs> I was expecting yeah. to it to be more prevalent in the beginning, and maybe it is. Maybe I just skipped over it because I was so tired of reading everything. Yeah, it doesn't do a lot of. It doesn't do a good job in explaining like the battle system in a way. Yeah, because even though even though I'm playing on normal, I was just like, this is. I guess the game expects you to know how to play a strategy game or Square Enix, just like if you play Final Fantasy Tactics or a Fire Emblem, you should know how to do this. It's just like, mm, no, uh, you need to explain. I don't know. This there's a lot that. of reading tutorials in there. I mean, there's no it, gameplay tutorial, but there's a mm-hmm. lot of reading that you can do to read the tutorial. And like, I just skipped over it. To be honest with you, I was like, just let me figure it out. If I die, I die. I don't care. Just let me figure it out. Well, I, I feel like you shouldn't be able to die in like the first battle and stuff. Be like, there's got to be something to. But you totally can. You totally exactly. can die in the first battle. <laughs> exactly. That's why I uh, put on easy. Ah, uh, which is I fine. Suck. I'm not smart. I just like tactics games. I'm not smart. <laughs> I don't want it to be hard. I want to feel accomplished after I win. That is true. That that is very true. Um, uh, I do. I do like the fact that. 
when you attack, uh, when you become successful in your attack thing or whatever, you literally get experience points. It's not, it doesn't wait for the whole battle to be over for you to get your total score. No, you literally can level up while just fighting. Mm-hmm. I, and I think that is li- th- that's so cool. I love that they took that tactic for it because I think it makes it makes grinding uh, easier, mm-hmm. and it ma- and it encourages you to do side quests. And I feel like it's going to encourage people to go, to go do side quests, get into some side battles, so you can level up and be stronger in your next battle mm-hmm. for your strategy um, with it. So. Uh, I am enjoying it. I know I need to play more of it once I get through with a lot of reading. I'm at the part where um, I am in a town, and uh, uh, right now I could just free roam and talk to people and stuff. I'm, I'm right there. I won't give away any story beats in case of you not to that point, uh, Corey. But uh, yeah, I am really enjoying this. I, I It's probably JRPG nomination right now for game of the year yeah i mean we'll see i i want to play more of it just to like kind of get more of a feel for it and uh but i'm i like what i'm playing i still think i like the fire emblem style of strategy better than this in particular but it's still like a really great strategy game yeah so uh Anything else? Have you been playing anything else? I like I said, I've been playing Voice of Cards the first uh, for a second maiden, and um, really been grinding, getting my money. Um, it's taking some twists and turns. Uh, so one thing I um, I was adventuring, you know, kind of gra- grinding, getting some money, and I ran into a bag, this parcel, and it was just like, okay, I'll take it with me. So I go in, and it's just like, okay, you give this back to, uh, uh, to this, you know, take it to this town. So I was, I went to the town. I was seeing who I could give it to, and I gave it to this one female NPC, and she said that you know she would, uh, she ordered this parcel, and she was excited to get it, and so she did. So I'm like, okay, I got 500 gold coins for it. I'm like, okay, yeah, reward. I go out and I continue to play the game and I was just like, okay, let me return to the town so I could get, you know, I rest up and go get some equipment. I get to the town and there's another story beat. Um, and it was just like, there's a sadness in part of the town. And you like, uh-oh, what happened? And so you find out that that parcel that you gave the girl was actually some kind of aroma that attracted monsters. So when she went out of the town, the monsters killed her. Oh, jeez. And so you're just like, uh, you're like, I did find it. Because you have the option to give it to, to when you find the parcel, you could leave it there or you could take it with you. And it was just like, Oh wow! I did not expect this. So even though you did something good and unexpected, and we must be rewarded for it, you actually got someone killed for it. And it, I was just my mouth was a gate. I was like, ah, uh, really? But then I went to the shop and spent that money so I could get, <laughs> get some gear. Wow! So I did. 
I didn't feel no more obligation to it. Wow. It, it, it was just unexpected uh, that that happened. I'm like, oh, okay, this is cool. My moral choices will affect the game. Um, yeah, didn't expect that. They would thank you for the money. <laughs> wow. Good job, Ed. Yes. Uh, what about you, Corey? Uh, I played a little bit more of Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition other than Triangle Strategy, and uh, I'm st- I'm still really enjoying it. Uh, it's it's just a lot of fun. I love the characters, and I love just... I love the world, you know? It's just a really mm-hmm. interesting world to explore. Um, so I, I don't really have any news news on that front, but I've also been playing a lot of Tetris Effect recently. Yes. Uh, I'm back on that. I'm going to play Tetris before I go to bed every night. Kick. <laughs> uh, which is, which uh, I I do have to pull your pull your Tetris too. Did I need to start? I got it for Black Friday from last year mm-hmm. for like I think twenty bucks or twenty I've, bucks. I've retired my Puyo Puyo Tetris t- uh, Ed, and I've been playing uh, Tetris Effect, which is way better. <laughs> it's just uh, way better. Yeah, uh, yeah, I know. I need to pick up the game. Gosh, I really want to hear. So, gosh, it's so good, man. And on the OLED, oh, so good. Plus, like what I like about the Switch version is like you can. If you're in handheld mode, you can use the right stick to zoom in and out. Mm-hmm. So it actually, you can actually see the pieces <laughs> where they're going. <laughs> nice. You know? So I, I, I really love Tetris, man. It's <sighs> Tetris is just, it's the perfect video game. It's the only perfect video game that exists, and I will stand by that until forever. Well, uh, that's so. that's just everybody. That's just been a preview for. <laughs> expression pass yeah. there, there's going to be more talk about it but just give yeah. you a little preview about that because well, yeah I oh go ahead no right. you go ahead go I didn't mean oh. to oh uh, because um, yeah the history of Tetris is interesting and our personal histories with the series is going to be a good discussion to have because I really feel like Tetris has been a very impactful game on many people's lives. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, there's been different texts about it, but man, just just the history of it is very interesting. I think there is a documentary for it too. Um, yeah. I believe. Uh, what was the game you said you were playing, Ed? I'm just making sure I get them right for the show notes. Um, Voice of Cards, The Forsaken Maiden. Cool. Okay, and then uh, last but not least, of course, you know I've been neck deep in Destiny. Yes. Uh, man, the the raid came out. I didn't do the raid, but from what I've heard, it has just solidified the Witch Queen as the best expansion or the best game that Bungie has ever done. You know? Question: What was uh, they? Someone was congratulated Saturday because they finished it. I think. Yeah. Well, it was this weekend was uh, the world's first. Uh, race, so people oh, okay. are congratulating the team who did it, who beat it first. Okay, which wasn't That's as cool. long as I expected. Sometimes it goes like a day, like usually like a half a day or a full day. Mm-hmm. They beat it. I think they beat it in like eight hours, which is pretty fast for a first attempt. To be honest, <laughs> so mm. 
there's like many sections that they have to do. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know anything really about the raid because I haven't done it and I haven't really watched anything on it, but it's uh, supposedly really good, and I'm really excited to try it at some point. Okay. Uh, but other, I've just been like grinding out and trying to get doing the quests and the side quests and the grinding, and it's just you know the drill, <laughs> the normal. Yeah. The, the, yeah. I, uh, trust me, I understand. <laughs> I'm, I'm excited to play it. Yeah. So that's that's pretty much what I've been doing. I I think I'm gonna try to do the campaign on legendary with my friends at some point because. Uh, mm-hmm. It levels you up faster, and uh, you get double rewards for everything when you do it on the legendary mode. So, because that's the the hardest difficulty, right? Yeah. You know, I always thought Destiny was one difficulty. Where it was. You... It is, but they added the legendary campaign to the Witch Queen. Ah, interesting. Okay, cool. And what they finally did was add the ability to go back and play the campaign after you beat it. The whole main game. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. Which you could not do before. So. Right, because once you were done with the missions, that was Mm -hmm. that was it. Yeah. So I wonder if they're gonna try to do that for the previous stuff, but we'll see. That's all I've been playing. All right. Well, everybody, that's going to be it for Nintendo Power Block. Uh, just as some quick plugs, Corey, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me at I am Corey in HD on Twitter and Instagram. You can also find me hosting the Boss Rush podcast every Wednesday live right here on twitch.tv slash Boss Rush Network or on Mondays on your podcast service. You can also get it on Fridays if you are a patron for a dollar. So... Yes. Uh, you guys can find me on Twitter at that retrico. Uh you can find more of Nintendo Power Block on Bosch Rush uh net on Wednesdays and on our YouTube page. Uh come join us on our Discord. Now the announcement that I wanna let you guys know is that we won't be having a show next week. Uh we won't be live. Uh Boss Rush will be on spring break. So, uh, but we will try to get some content for you guys to check out for that week. Uh, it's just that we we won't have a show next week. We'll be coming back live on the twenty first, so you guys can check us uh, check us out there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and uh, just to remind you guys, Kirby demo is the code for our giveaway. Uh, you will see it on our pin tweet on Wednesday. Uh, so hopefully you guys remember it and that if not when you watch the show you know hopefully we see your entry into the Kirby and the Forgotten Land contest Mm -hmm. Um, we'll be announcing winners uh, a little bit later so uh, I am excited to see uh, who will win the game Um, Yeah, with that Uh, Corey anything else Uh, y'all well Probably should have done this at the top of the show because after plugs, I don't know how many people are really listening. But uh, just to let everybody know, we're kind of restructuring how shows work at Boss Rush in general. And so for Nintendo Power Block in particular, we, uh, we're incorporating Nintendo Power Block Expansion Pass, which you've probably heard a couple episodes already if you listen to the audio version of this. Uh 
or if you're on YouTube, you might see notifications of, of expansion pass going up, uh, on Sundays. But what we want to do is really do a supplemental show for each of the main shows. Uh, and so expansion pass is Nintendo power box supplemental show, which will incorporate things like the direct recap show that we do. Uh, it'll incorporate spoiler casts. It'll incorporate kind of topical shows that uh, you've heard already uh, and other things Nintendo related. Uh, it's something that Ed and I have been talking about doing for years and we just never found the right cadence to do it or we've always been too busy or pulled away. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, obviously I, I left for a little bit to do Arsenal X, which is now on hiatus. Now I'm back. And so, yeah, we are finally in a position where I think we can actually hit a couple of the things that we've been wanting to do for years. So I just want to remind everybody to look out for Expansion Pass on Sundays. Uh, It is going to be a Patreon early access show for a dollar. So if you want it a week early, you can go to Patreon, uh, our Patreon page, and pay a dollar, but also... Uh, we're going to make sure that it's still free for everyone a week later on the Nintendo, uh, Power Block feed, uh, podcast feed. So, uh, nobody really feels like they're missing out. I don't, I mean, like we've talked about before, we don't really want our Patreon to feel like it's walling people off from content that we do. It's more of a direct way to support us if you want. And, uh, yeah, uh. So the next couple episodes will be free, but I think starting in April, there's going to be an early access uh, style show. So uh, that first week in April, you will probably actually get two expansion passes on Patreon uh, to kind of jumpstart that. Yes. Well, with that, everybody, um, have a great week. Have a great weekend. Let us know what you guys are playing, what you guys are snacking on, what games you are picking up. We want to all know it. You can join us at our Discord for Bushwick Network. Um, come join us there and uh, interact with us and the community. With that, everybody, we'll see you next time on Nintendo Power Block. Bye, everybody. Woo-hoo! Goodbye. Thank you for listening to Pow Block Podcast, the flagship Nintendo podcast of Boss Rush Network. Do you need even more gaming and entertainment in your life? Head over to BossRush.net where you can find news, reviews, creators, podcasts, and more focused around the content you enjoy.